Good morning. We're still in holiday mode, yes? Yes. Josh has been playing golf, can you tell? He wasn't wearing a hat. <laughs> All right. Last week was the last day and Sunday in 2017, wasn't it? And, and we looked at and reflected on what 2017 was like for us. As Stuart mentioned, it's the first Sunday of 2018, resolution time. We're going to look forward, aren't we? We're going to look forward into 2018, all the hopes and the dreams and the good intentions. Going to have a look at that. Okay. Yes. I read during the week that... um, New Year's resolutions is just a to-do list for the first week in January. Yes? Mm. I love peanuts. I've learnt a lot about life from peanuts and little golden books. Can't go wrong. Have a look at that. What do you reckon about that? Mm? Does that, does that sort of resonate with you about your resolutions? This is not my New Year's resolution list, but have a look at that. I thought that was fascinating. That's a list that started in 2019 and not much has changed, has it really? You know, does that, does that reflect your resolutions? Hey? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I sort of made a start on number six last week. All right. And this is the Irish blessing. May all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Mm. We laugh at it, don't we? It's funny. It is funny. We're all hoping for a better year, aren't we, than last year. No matter what your year was like, whether it was a rotten, horrible year, an okay year, a good year, doesn't matter. We're hoping 2018 is a better year. Maybe some change in circumstances, our jobs perhaps. Maybe you're hoping for a promotion or a new job or a better job or a higher paying job. Maybe, maybe you're hoping for a change in, in financial circumstances. Uh, maybe you've resolved to lower that credit card debt. You know, that's a good thing. Hope that that's you. That's one of your resolutions. Maybe, maybe you're hoping for a change in relationships with your spouse, your siblings. Friends, health, fitness. I had another slide here, but I had trouble getting it on about the health and fitness one. Maybe, maybe we're going to uh, lose a bit of weight. Uh, I, heard, I heard someone on the radio ask, what did you get for Christmas? And the person responded, fat. <laughs> I thought that was good. That was Darren James on 3AW. Anyway, um, so, you know, may, maybe you're going to exercise more, all sorts of things. They're the resolutions. And after we reflect on the year that's gone, most of us say, you know what, I'm going to make some improvements. And it's usually for yourself, isn't it? You've noticed that there are a few things in life, a few things in the past year that you're not happy about and you'd like to improve yourself or your situation. What about your spiritual life? Do we think about it 2017 and 2018 the same way? If we look back, I hope that last week helped you to look back at your spiritual life 
and see God's hand in it. That's what I was hoping would happen. And I wonder when you did that, did you resolve to change anything, make a change in 2018 in your spiritual life? How is that going to be different? What improvements are you going to make? Read the Bible from cover to cover. How many times have you resolved to do that? I'm guilty. I've done that a few times, especially in the early days. Pray more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to get into a new ministry. All good things. I'm not mocking. I'm just (laughs) reflecting on some of my resolutions of times past. I missed the slide. We, um, we make plans, don't we? We make plans. And most of our resolutions do last maybe to January 7, maybe to the end of January. Very few of them last to, to the end of 2018, to the end of the year. And rarely... It's true in my life. Rarely do I succeed in my resolutions. Why do we usually fail to succeed in our New Year resolutions? Lots of reasons. But first, let's have a look at what the word resolve or resolution means. Resolve means to come to a definite and earnest decision to do something. Resolve is a verb. To doing right. And resolution is just a decision or determination to do that thing. So maybe we fail because we're not serious enough in what we'd like to improve. Maybe we're not resolved enough, we're not determined enough or earnest enough, if you look at the definition. Maybe what we've resolved to do is too hard. It would be like me saying, you know what? I think I'd like to enter the Melbourne Marathon this year. That's my resolution. That's not just hard, that's almost impossible. And sometimes we fail because the things we want to do are too hard. Maybe they're unrealistic. Sometimes we don't have the resources. You know, we we want something to change in our lives, but we just don't have the wherewithal to do it. That's why we fail. Sometimes we're uncertain. You know, there, you know there's something in, in, in my life that I'd like to change. I know it's not good, it's not healthy, and, and I should improve it, but I just don't know how to go about it. And so that, that, that resolve, that, res, that, that, that desire, that determination just peters away. But usually it's because of it. it's our own plan. We plan it ourselves. We make the plans ourselves. Here's what I'd like to focus on this morning for us as we head into 2018. It's a little verse out of that passage that we read in Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, Josh read that uh, that passage, uh, and, it, and in context of what that passage is, it's a letter written by the prophet Jeremiah to the 
to the tribe of Judah who are in captivity in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's got them captive in a foreign land. And you can just imagine them, them sitting there by the rivers of Babylon and they're saying, how could this be? We are the children of God. Jehovah. You just imagine them wondering, how did we get here? What's happened? And we also read, didn't we, that there were false prophets among them, some of their own people, religious leaders, leaders of the community, leading them astray, telling them false, giving them false hopes, false information. And, and, I lo- and I love the little verse where in verse 9 where, where the Lord is through, through, through Jeremiah saying to the people, I didn't send them. That's important to realise that not all the voices and advice that we hear is sent from God. That's important. I, I, I noted that and I thought that's really good. And, you know, here in this little passage, Jeremiah gives the people of God instructions to build houses, marry, have kids, seek peace and prosperity. And then in verse 10, there's a little thing there that I'd like you to, to, to note. I hope you get your Bible open. Verse 10, it says there, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to you. I've been thinking about and singing about promises this morning. And here God is saying to them in this letter, don't forget my promise to you. It echoes, doesn't it? John 14, 1 to 4. What did the Lord say? I will come back. The Lord was, was going to go and he told his disciples, if I go, I will come back. That's the promise that he gave to his disciples and it's the promise for you and me. The Lord is coming back. Soon. Amen. And then, the thing I'd like to just spend some time on this morning, we hear about the plan. The plan. Not a plan, but the plan. I hope, last week I I encouraged you to go home and read John 10, John chapter 10, the Gospel of John chapter 10. I made a big deal, didn't I? I sort of been overboard a little bit about the fact that the Lord knows my name. I think that's special. He knows your name too. I hope you think that's special. And he calls your name as well. John chapter 3. No, John 10 verse 3. He knows and calls your name. But if you had read the next verse, verse 4, it says about the sheep, which it's you and me, it says there, We know his voice. We know his voice. If you read a little bit further, in verse 16 it says, and they listen to him. A little bit further on, verse 27, and they follow me. And they never perish. That's why I wanted you to go home and read John chapter 10. If you haven't, didn't read it last week, go home, read it today. Make it your own. It's a brilliant chapter. It's all written in red. You know what I think about that. So the plan, the plan, our plan versus God's plan. You know, as a builder, 
It's good to have a plan. You know, when I, when I get to the point where I think to myself, I'm not sure how this bit goes, I refer to the building plan, the plan, you know, with all the drawings and the instructions and what materials I need to use. It's a very detailed plan. Now, the plan... No, wrong way. Wrong button, sorry. I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. The plan that Jeremiah reminded the people that God had for them. He did it because he wanted them to have hope and understand that God had a plan for them. God's got a plan for you and for me. We read that right through the New Testament. We know that's true. He's left us here for a purpose. We know that's true as well. He's placed you here in this church for a purpose. Now, do you believe it? Do you believe that verse? For, for I know the plans for you. A plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Why did I pick this passage? This promise that God said is specific to the people of God. We are the people of God. This event is historical. It happened. The people of God, the tribe of Judah, was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar. And they were in Babylon for 70 years. While they got this letter at some point. But they didn't stay in Babylon. After the 70 years, the Babylonian uh, kingdom was, was uh, defeated by King Cyrus and, and the captives were allowed to go back, return back to Jerusalem. Just like, the, 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 like God promised. Now, I'm sure they didn't think to themselves... Oh yes, we're going to wait seven years and then the Babylonian Empire is going to fall. They didn't know what the plan was. But there was a plan for them. And it's a historical fact that it came to pass. The promise was fulfilled. I don't know about you, but I think that's fantastic. I've got evidence that God just doesn't make promises. He keeps them. Huh? You're not excited about that? I wish Malcolm Turnbull would uh, do the same thing, make the promises and keep them. And if you're a Labor voter, Bill Shorten as well. But we know what the, tra- what the truth is. The other thing about that little promise is that, and you see that right through Scripture as well, is that because the Lord loves us and is concerned for us, he just doesn't let us drift, just go from one mistake to the next without any purpose. He has a concern, he has a care for us, a concern and a care. So, what's your plan for 2018? Your plan. Is it the same plan with the same method as the previous years? I'm speaking to myself as well. Is your plan going to be like that little bit of paper we saw on the screen? You know, just cross out the year because, you know, it's going to be the same things next year with the same results. 
Or are you going to follow the plan? The plan. The plan. Let me just talk, just briefly talk to you about the plan. Here's what it says. It says, I know the plans I have for you. I, I think to myself, it's great to know that someone actually knows the plan for my life. Because I'm not sure about the plan for my life, to be honest. I can't tell you what 2018 is going to be like. I'm hoping it'll turn out a certain way. But 2017 didn't do that. I, I told you that last last week, and I'm sure it was the same for you. But the fact that it says that I know is comforting because who draws a plan up for a building? The architect. An architect. Not just anybody. What's so special about the architect? Well, when they're drawing up a plan for a house, they this is how it works. They have a picture in their mind of what the house is going to look like and how it's going to function and how many rooms. It's all up there in their their mind. And then they say, how are we going to get that house built? And so from, from there it goes back to the drawings, to the materials and all that sort of stuff. I am so thankful that God knows how it's going to end for me how I'm going to finish. He knows the course and the race I'm running. He's the architect. If anyone should know about the plan, it should be the architect. I know that Brett's been here a few times, spoken about similar things, and we know when there's a problem on the building side, the builder, I don't know what's happening, and the owner, I don't know what's happening. What do they do? They call the architect. How is this supposed to work? Because he knows. And the Lord says here, I know you're up the plan for you. I think that's brilliant. So, a plan to prosper. And whatever God's plan is for you specifically, it's probably a little bit different from the person next to you and the plan he has for me specifically. But I can tell you this. According to this promise, it'll be to prosper you. Doesn't mean that you'll have heaps of money or a new position or people are going to think you're brilliant, you know. It may not be like that. But you'll always be better off following the plan than your plan. Always. It's taken me a long time to work that out as a Christian. And my testimony to you this morning is follow that plan. You'll always end up being more Christ like. Maybe only just a little change this year, hopefully a lot more, but you'll always be more Christ-like if you, if you follow the plan. You'll always have closer fellowship with God. There'll be more intimacy with God. That's what God means when he says he has plans to prosper you. He may also grant you a good job and comfy home, all those sort of things. This is the one I like most. Plans not to harm, not to harm me. I hope that's important to you. 
Because, you know, I've also discovered that the plan is revealed to me one step at a time. You know, I'd love to see what it would be like in a few months' time. Six months ahead would be great. Wouldn't it be good if you knew exactly how your life is going to pan out six months ahead? Wouldn't it be great? I don't know if it would be or not. But to follow the Lord's plan requires faith. And sometimes we doubt, don't we? Sometimes we're not sure. Sometimes we don't want to. But remember that little phrase, the plan that the Lord has for you is not to harm you. Not to harm you. Keep that in mind. It will require faith and obedience. And it's to give you hope. You know, in the will of God is the best place to be. You can be in the will of God anywhere. Anywhere. At work, at home, on holidays, anywhere. Chuck Swindle has written a brilliant book on the life of the Apostle Paul. You know, all the stuff that Paul's written and the experiences, all in a book. And when you read through that, what you discover, that Paul's life was not an easy one. A lot of challenges. But Paul thought to, when you, when you read it, you get the impression that Paul always thought there was no better place for him to be than in the will of God. Even when he was getting beaten, even when he was getting stoned, even when he was shipwrecked. In the will of God. And a secure future. I'd like to read you this little verse from Revelation. Now, our, our eternal future is secure. Please don't get me wrong. It's not referring to this. But it's referring to our reward. Our reward. The Lord wants us to have a reward. It's not that I want a reward. He wants to give us a reward. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Listen to what it says. Again, it's written in red. Behold, I am coming soon. Amen. Hope becomes before 2.19. And he says, My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The Lord, when he comes, brothers and sisters, he's coming with his reward, and he wants to give it to people that have trusted in him and have been faithful and have served him he says there and, and, and I will give to everyone according to what he or she has done your plan God's plan now that top drawing there that's just how we think our plan's going to go you know and I know life does not look like that at all but that's what we think life should be like. And we make plans like that. We think yeah, it's just going to be a smooth ride. The bottom one looks a lot harder, doesn't it? The bottom, that's God's plan. But that's the plan you should follow. Because with him, 
Nothing is impossible. Nothing. Who are you trusting? Who are you listening to? He knows your abilities. He knows the gift he's given you. He knows your capabilities. And praise him, he knows my limitations. He has never asked me. This is another testimony to you this morning. He has never asked me to do anything that he thought I was not capable of doing. Now, some things have been very challenging. But he's never asked me to do something I couldn't do. Never. He's never tested me more than I'm able to bear. That's another promise in the scriptures. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. He knows my limits. To prosper. Do you know the Lord has gifted you? He's given you a spiritual gift. He's given you a natural gift, a talent. To succeed at whatever task he has planned for you. I'm going to say that again. The Lord wants you to prosper and he has given you what you need to succeed in whatever task he's asked you to do. He has equipped you. In in Hebrews 13 and 20, we haven't got time to read it, and 21, it says there that we are equipped with every good, with everything good for doing his will. That's another promise, as Josh said, thousands of them. And what did I tell you last week? Unless you claim it, it is useless to you. But God has said he has equipped us, you and me, with every good, for every good thing to do his will. You're going to listen to the false prophets like the children of God in Babylon were doing, to the diviners, or are you going to be like the sheep in John 10? Hear his voice. Listen and follow. Listen and follow. The challenge I'd like to leave you with is this one. Unless the Lord does come, and I hope he does, soon, we're going to get to December 31, 2018. Maybe not all of us, but I would say the majority of us will get to December 31st, 2018, New Year's Eve. I don't know who's going to speak that day, but I know you'll reflect back on 2018. What will your reflection be? I hope, and my prayer for you is, that you can say, Raph, I followed the plan. May the Lord bless.